welcome to Mystic Drip. Hello, and let's just get right into it. Today, I want to talk to you about a couple of things. Um, we'll start with me just kind of telling you a little bit about the God Academy, and you can still join. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time here telling you about the God Academy, except for that today I got a new sign up. I'm celebrating a new sign up. Why this is a big deal is because the other sign ups that I have, um, these are people who I've had some type of relationship with, right? Um, one of the sign ups for the God Academy um, was already um, one of my clients for another program. Um, one of them is my protege, um, and the, there's three that are friends of the protege who also were in some other programs with me some years ago. So it just felt a little bit of like a like homecoming, but today I got like my first random sign up. Actually, the person um, who um, kind of was advertising <laughs> the person who was talking about the program like oh my god I just did this I'm in this academy um, um one of the participants there she actually found me randomly on Udemy uh, or Udemy however you say that and then she was like I'm gonna buy her course but I'm gonna buy it directly from her website and not from Udemy which the reason the incentive was in Udemy you get the same course but in my website you get some bonuses that are really juicy and you're just like all right I, the bonuses are probably worth <laughs> the the difference in the price and so she kind of find me found me randomly and then um <laughs> I get this message on the God Academy about um she signed up or something I was like oh signed up to what like completely clueless and she's like, can I call you? I was like, okay, we got five minutes. We actually spend more like 11 um, because we're both chatterboxes, Geminis. But she was like, I was talking to one of my friends about the experience that I had in the initiation. Um, the initiation is a process that I take you through. There's, th there's a couple processes in the initiation. I thought that it was important to initiate each person into the program. Now, that kind of makes it sound like magical or like, ooh, the school of magic, of mystery. Um, if, feel, if it feels like that, then yeah, okay, cool, awesome. But it really wasn't intended to, to be so like esoteric. Um, I'm kind of an esoteric person on my style. So it was, obviously it's just going to come up. It's going to show up. But the intention for the initiation was it was literally um, a, like a rite of passage. And this is an opportunity that when I study uh, rituals and when I study my um, spiritual works and stuff, and I see the practices that they used to do and they used to have and what it means and what it did. I was just like, ah, oh, it's such an important um, concept of marking the beginning stages of something. It almost like it gives the ability for something to die and something else to reemerge. But it's, that pro it's almost like that process of like going through, walking through the threshold, like crossing the bridge that that full experience and what I wanted to do through the initiation right was to also make it um like 
where there's um, multiple experiences. So the first part, we experience eliciting um, creative energy. And that creative energy sometimes seeks expression as sexual energy. So you might feel at the beginning of the initiation, a lot of energy just surging through the body um, and maybe some slight arousal or whatever. The reason it feels like that is because since we're not used to working with creative energy and sexual energy, um, we only use it for like, you know, sexual things. We, we're not really used to understanding how that energy feels and that it perhaps doesn't need to be sexual, but it's even if it's like the feeling of sexual pleasure, right? But it can really easily transmutate into just the feeling of pleasure, not sexual pleasure, right? Um, but it will start there because that sometimes is the only way that we allow our bodies to feel any type of pleasure. I know, I know, I know. We need to have more pleasure in our, in our world especially women. Okay, so this initiation takes you through that, eliciting all that powerful creative energy. So then when you go through all the other stages, you have this energy already available. This is like atomic level energy, right? Orgasmic energy, sexual energy, creative energy is intense, powerful, creative energy. So we set the tone and elicit that and tune you to what's gonna happen next. And then we have some tantric um, practices. They're not exactly like, in, in the you know ancient practice, they're a little bit modernized um, for what we're doing. Um, but these practices take you through shedding um, and a sort of transmutation process that's really powerful. Um, I went through it and I've had such powerful results from it. That's why I decided to include it in the initiation because I thought, okay, since this was really powerful for me, I wonder if this will have the same effect and power and so far, it has proven to be one of the most talked about things in the program. Mind you, we are not even two weeks in. We are in the middle of the second week. It kind of feels like an eternity. It kind of feels like we've been here forever. Um, but we haven't even begun. So there's still time to join. As of now, if you join today, is it $22 a week or a pay in full of 1111 because we all like matching numbers. Um, pretty soon, it's going to be going to $44 a week. I'm sipping on my coffee. And the pay in full will be 2222 Now, that is where what's happening as far as the pricing is. We will have a, a space limit because this is a very intimate container. So as of now, we have... Oh, my heart jumps for joy. We have five people five people in the program these are five um, people that I sit down there's no time limit for how long we talk <laughs> so when we have our initial call uh, it's really about becoming intimate it's about me understanding who you are your heart and why you're joining and also kind of just give you a personal description um, of what to expect now I feel like we can do that in in videos but there's something different about just having a conversation because after I get to hear you and hear your story and hear how you sound, how you communicate and what's important to you, I can then describe the program to you based on the, on the very things that, um, are, that you're looking forward to. So if you, you know, suffer of inconsistency and because of inconsistency, you have a sneaky suspicion that that's why you have such inconsistent results and you're going to work in consistency, right? I'm going to tell you what are the parts of the program that are going to help you build that muscle. I'm also going to tell you the self, the safe, fail safe safety mechanism that we have built in. 
that allows you to never not do your practice. A lot of time, or, or your non-negotiables or your whatever, a lot of times we cut ourselves so much slack and then we truly never did um, develop any amount of true discipline. And without discipline, you can't really even get into devotion. Um, with Kundalini Yoga, when I started doing it, I remember one of my teachers saying something that changed my life from that moment forever. And I apply that to everything going forward from that moment. And I remember that when I did any other type of yoga, uh, people were like, don't push, be gentle, don't strain, la la la, do what you can. And I just remember having permission to basically slack, basically slack and just like one day I'll be able to, you know, do the hard yoga poses. But, um, and I know many people who've, who've done it through that, that journey. But I remember when I started doing Kundalini yoga, one of the instructors, um, she said, practice with mastery, perfect the pose, do it with mastery. And it was the first time that someone had expected me to be better and wasn't just patting me on the head and just being like, oh no, you're so, you're doing your best. It's okay. Because I personally have always thrived from challenging teachers, from challenging environments. And I'm not saying challenging in the sense of problems, even though, yes, I have manifested that in my life. But I mean challenging things like, um, I like to tinker with ideas, with concepts. I like innovation. I like thinking. So when something is challenging, for example, a challenge doesn't have to be harmful or painful, but like maybe I have a photo shoot that requires me to do some things that I've never tried before. And it is going to be a challenge to get the right lighting with the right technique, with the right person, with the right costume. But that is something I'm looking forward to. It's not like it's a problem because, you know, something awful is happening. So I like to do things like that. Um, nonetheless, I kind of lost track of where I was. So I'm going to have to sip on my coffee, see if it comes back. If not, I'll continue to explain the initiation and we'll move on. Anyways, this initiation process is powerful enough to be the one selling point <laughs> from the program and so I want to share this with you because it tickled me made me laugh and I want to celebrate I want to celebrate the person that came in I want to not only celebrate the person that came in just publicly say this work works and I have to tell you when it's working for me so you believe that it could work for you so needless to say one of my clients in the program in the God Academy is talking to a friend and she's talking about this initiation process. And she was saying it was uncomfortable. It was all the things that you go through in this process. It's, 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 an, it's 90 minutes. It's a, it's, a, it's a full 90 minute initiation. Um, and it's just really powerful stuff. I can't even describe it because it's also every person who goes through the initiation, the, the power of being able to do it in an audio form, kind of in a visualization versus being in the physical, is that in the 
imagination, right, where we meet to create this environment and do this ritual together and do this initiation together, the environment and the things that come up are unique to you. If we were to be in the physical reality and I create a bonfire and everybody sit down, there's a certain control that I am putting into the situation. When we do it in our minds, when we do this initiation in the mind, and I have clients, actually, I think all my clients are from all over the world. I don't even know if I have anyone in America right now um, for the God Academy. Anyways, I decided not to do these live calls and live trainings and things like that because there's so much work out there that already does that and it's still people's lives are not changed. And I think that the real reason that there's people out there that are changing lives is because they have commitment when most of us don't. I think that's the truth. I think you could, if you can commit to anything, it will work. And I used to teach this with diets when I was a personal trainer. I said, every diet works and every diet doesn't work. Every diet that you do works, but some diets are fad diets. Some diets are stupid. Some diets do not work with your body type. So all diets don't work. You know, it's the concept of you got to fine tune and find the process that works for you. And then that process works for you. Right. And it doesn't need to work for anybody else. Um, That is part of the work that we do here. There's there's no me implementing anything. The only thing that is probably mandatory and it's because it's part of the curriculum is to meditate every day. But everything else is pretty much self-guided. And because that's really, truly the only way and the only key to your success. It's not within me or how I do life is within you and how you do life. But if you are in the shadow and if you're stuck, there's no way that you're ever going to know what you're really meant to do. Right. It, it would be impossible for you to have access to the greatest possible life if you're in your lower vibrations and you don't know that you are. You might think that you're doing all the things and for some reason it's not working. If it's not working, it's because you haven't aligned the frequency. And so this program really truly is about going back to zero. Um, Joe Vitale calls this the zero frequency. I call this the God frequency and this is what we call it in the God Academy. Needless to say, as one of the clients and one of the participants that's already there was explaining the process to her friend, In the middle of the conversation, her friend went on the website, listened to the song that plays at the beginning of the of the website and saw the image and signed up. And they were both celebrating like, I don't even care what was written on the page. The song and the fit in the photo had me. I was a yes at the song and at the photo at that banner. And I just laughed. I was like, this is so beautiful because for those people who claim out there that branding doesn't matter, I am living proof that it matters, but it only matters to me because branding is important to me. That's why I do soul branding, branding from soul. That's why when people are just like, well, you can't do like, you can't be a spiritual teacher and a spiritual coach and a photographer. It's like, I am though an esoteric spiritual photographer and can see with the same tools that I utilize for coaching, I can utilize that in photography and it's all part of the same thing because it's me, right? And we, me and my client were talking about how the three distinct like frequencies, vibrations that make up the brand is awe, alchemy, and art. 
there is no way that I can be separated from my art and I choose not to. It's such an integral part of me. And also through my art, um, there's like sigils. It's like magic, visual storytelling. These are ways that we can actually um, put magical spells and powers and energy and intention. And I feel like one of my challenges is making things beautiful. I remember the first time in college when I took a photo of this girl and she was kind of gnarly looking. She was just weird looking, but I can see beauty in the most weird stuff, right? I'm a photographer, I'm an artist. I, I, my eye is looking for meaning and sometimes this meaning doesn't come in what other people feel is traditionally beautiful. Yet, I remember um, I had a volunteer, like right now I'm, I'm looking for volunteers to do some portraits. Um, if you're interested, find me on Instagram. You have to be in the LA area or you have to be willing to fly to work with me, but that's up to you. Needless to say, I was a student in college and she was um, just a girl who volunteered to do one of my shots. And the whole photo shoot had a theme. It was called Big Dolls Don't Cry, something like that. Because when you're a fashion photographer, there's like a theme and there's outfits and their hair and there's makeup and there's a lot of excitement. And it was a really happy time because it was playing dress up with friends in college. There was no pressure, right? There was the, the goal of becoming a photographer, but there was no pressure because I was still a student. It was just fun. It was just fun, fun stuff to do. Um, needless to say, I remember that I shot this girl and I want to say her name was Jill. I don't remember. This is a very long time ago. I've been, I've been a photographer since I was in my mid-20s and before that. But before that, I was just an art student. But let's say early 20s and I am in my 40s. So for at least 20 plus years, I've been a photographer. That sounds insane because I remember going and being in college like it wasn't that long ago. Anyways, I'm old. I got it. Um, I remember that I, we shot this girl, Jill or, or Jane, something like that. And we put a wig on her and we gave her these clothes and we made her look like a porcelain doll. And I took the photos. And every time I took photos, if you've ever shot with me, I just get so like gassed up on my own skills. I'm like, oh my God. And I just start just like freaking out. Like, oh my God, these are so beautiful. Like I can't handle it. And that creates such an environment and an energy of like positive expectation and freedom and fun. And so... We shoot the girl, there's some other, other girls that I shot. We shoot this girl, send her the photos. And the, I was in a platform where people could um, comment. And I remember this, this, this weird thing that happened. I, she, I got a compliment on this photo that was from a brother. It was like, this is the most beautiful ways I've ever seen my sister. Oh my God, these are amazing. Now it was like, a, to me, it was like a weird compliment, but it was a huge compliment because in the life of me, I have brothers, they would ever stop at a picture of me and just be like, oh my God, my beautiful sister, you capture her. You know, I have one brother who was like more likely to tell me like, look at my beautiful sister, right? But none of them really are going to stop at a post and take the time to do that. So I thought it was like unusual, but that because it was unusual, that means it was so powerful. That means that he truly has never seen how amazing and beautiful she really truly was until that moment. And it happened because that's how I saw her and we were able to capture that and bring it forth, right? You guys are understanding how much I love art. This could not be separate from my life. That's why it's part of my, it's part of my brand. Alchemy 
alchemy is really the, the, the epitome of coaching. It's transformation. You're turning one thing into gold, right? You're turning one chemical into something better, something more valuable, something more refined, something more powerful, whatever it is. Alchemy is transformation, is transmutation, is self-realization, self-actualization, is transcendence. Alchemy is the, the point to actually do the art, to do the coaching. It's for a unique transformation from a human, which I can see as a little worm on that leaf, to the human god, which is the butterfly, who still has that fully human experience, but can fly. Okay, that was a weird comparison, but okay. And the other part is the awe. The awe is what happens from the art. The awe is what happens when you're in meditation. The awe, the amazing, the wonderment, the euphoria, that all comes from being in a state that is even hard to describe, from enlightenment, right? From unison, from sacred, from this sacred union with the divine that comes from something that cannot be explained. Awe is just like there's no words for this amazing, marvelous, magical thing that's going on. And that's how life should feel. So all these things that feel like separate things in my brand are really part of the same thing. Okay. I think that I've stated why branding is important to me. Now, let me just say this. If you have shitty branding or if branding doesn't matter to you, know this and rest assured that you do not need branding to be successful. We are all coded differently. We all came here to do different things. Maybe you are here to do it without branding. Maybe someone else is here to do it without marketing. Maybe somebody else is here to do it with marketing and branding and all the things because they're multitaskers and like to do all the things, right? Know thyself is such an important key because if you love multitasking, then fucking multitask. But if you don't, then multitasking, a program that it's about multitasking is actually going to be resistance. It's going to be a hindrance. It's going to get in the way. So know thyself. All right, now what I truly want to talk to you about, that initiation process in my program is so much fun. I wish everybody can go through it, which means sign up. Like I said, it's only $22 to get in. That's $22 a week for a year. Or if you wait, it will go up to $44, but it's really up to you. I wanted to make this offer really accessible because I did not want to deal with money objections. You understand what I'm saying? Because we're all working through our own limiting beliefs and our own distractions and the things we don't like. I don't need to and I don't want to sit and convince people of an amazing program because I know this program is amazing. I can just relax and just be like, hey, if you get in, you will be mind blown. If you don't, you're not ready. That's okay. Right? We just at some point, scarcity has to really be um, something we don't even play with anymore. I wanted to make it really accessible because it wasn't about me trying to create a program to generate income. It was about me trying to create a program that was accessible, that still required some type of payment, but it was such an easy yes that when I sell it, when I present it to people and people say something about money, I just have no tolerance for that. Like, you know what? You're not ready and that's okay. Because if you can afford to eat McDonald's once a week, you can afford this program. That's that, that literally, I don't even know why I found out 
that most American families or most American you know households they eat out once a week especially after COVID or they order out once a week and most families even the most impoverished ones are spending about $75 a week on fast food or eating out from that information I gathered that anyone can spend up to $75 a week without it feeling like it's um, imposing on your commitments or making you feel stressed out over money, which is something that I tend to do when I get myself in, in coaching containers that have a high financial commitment. Then I'm like stressed out every time that I have to pay the bill. Don't do that to yourself. There will come a time where you will easily be able to, to pay for things um, far beyond what you can now. And if right now you need to get into a program that's going to help you become completely in integrity with the highest version of yourself, this is the program to do it. And it's a easy yes, like no excuses. Um, so like I said, it hasn't even been a full two weeks and people are already joining based on the initiation program alone. And it's not even me trying to sell. These are just people who are in the program. The initiation process is also meant to be done once and people are doing it twice because it's so powerful. I can't stop bragging about it. <laughs> okay, so what I really want to talk to you today about is being a victim. Being a victim. This is a hot topic. It's a hot topic because I was in a program before where we were, it was a spiritual program and we talked about the shadow and one of the shadows was the victim. And one of the key principles that we were learning in that program was how to get rid of the shadow. And that in, 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 in reality, there are no victims, right? A spiritual metaphysical principle that there are no victims. And so there has always been this challenge and this argument, even within finding that work, that it was like, but I see black people being oppressed. I see that indigenous people being marginalized and basically condemned and wiped out. I see the criminalization of marijuana just because it was what jazz musicians who were also primarily minorities and Native Americans, that's what they were using. So they criminalized the drug. So then it didn't seem so racist, but that's what it was, right? And so... I want to explain in this process the event equation. That's what we're leading to. But the concept that I, I, we come into this metaphysical, um, this, these principles, these ideologies, and these truths that there are no victims. And I can sit here and truly just understand that that is true. That everything happens because of the law of attraction, because of manifestation, and because karma or what some people call sacred contracts, which means before you even got on this earth, you were up there in the realm saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm down for this experience. And you decided to come down and participate in these psychological, um, spiritual theatrics we call human consciousness. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. Okay, so 
there's already even within different religions that we agree right in the christianity they say that um we're all sinners right we all already agree that there's a programming inside that needs to be um that, that is in distortion obviously and that needs to be you know corrected fixed it, it could be um a lie turned into the truth that's the transmutation process and so for me i found myself that when i was started to when i started to do shadow work and shadow alchemy i found myself a lot in that victim channel most of my issues came from being in that victim channel and i was being a victim to the victim channel <laughs> ah, today is such a good day i'm cracking myself up so now regardless of um what was going on i could see the injustices of the world and it was <clears throat> sorry about that let me get some coffee and it was causing me to to have this very split perspective i see criminal criminal things i see uh victims i see perpetrators i see that and it's hard for me to deny that that doesn't exist but in the metaphysical world, in the concept, in spirituality, I understand it fully and completely. But I'm in a paradox. I'm in a paradox because this is my strongest channel too. So this is not, in the, not just like the complicated things that my brain wants to figure out, but also this is my main channel. This is my main way of operating in this victim mentality. Are you kidding me? And I hate needy ass victimy people. How are you going to tell me that this is my true pattern, my true identity that I have identified with? Not my true identity, but the, the, the truth of what's going on within me is that I identify it as a victim. It doesn't mean that I am that. But as long as I identify with that part of the shadow, that is what I'm going to outpicture in my life. And guess what? I did not know. So I have this paradox. Are they victims? Are there no victims? And because God is good all the time, I always find spiritual works that bring me to the exact answer of what I need to hear, whether it's video or a book or whatever it is. But in particular, with this, um, with this challenge of the victim, the victim mindset, the victim channel, I was still wrestling with some things. And so I became attracted to a book because it was about Seth. Seth is a channel personality, was channeled by Jane Roberts. And for me, it is um, one of my main uh, philosophies, I suppose or the, the main spiritual works that, um, that I work with and everything that I do fits into this work. And so naturally I find a book that is about someone who participated in the Seth, you know, um, periods in New York. Now he himself wasn't a Seth, um, channeler, but he was in the room with Jane Roberts. And so for me, this is pretty awesome. Um, and so in his book, he discussed the concept of no victims. Now he discussed this concept and it was the first time that I was like, I get it. And I think it was so important and it is such an important key, especially because we do have the people who are, there are no victims, whatever. They're very like, who cares? I actually had someone 
who I express my some you know I'm a Hispanic woman and I was expressing some type of fear that I felt about being in a very non Hispanic community um and this woman who was a white woman came and she was like are you saying that you are afraid of white people and she like lost you know her her shit and I was just like I don't I don't want to be a victim, but that's how I felt in the moment. And she's like, oh my God, you're brainwashed, right? And I was like, okay, I guess I am. Um, but I'm also brown skinned and I don't know how to get to that, to that level you're at. I, I, heard someone, I heard someone say, white people have a magic that we do not understand. <laughs> Oh my God, I have many stories because my um, my partner is white and his family and they have uh, the most amazing stories of how life gets to work out for them, you know, um, just how, how much ease there is in their life, even with the complications that they've had. Okay, so I wanted to just explain a little bit about the victim mindset and maybe help you kind of not be one of those people that sit on both sides, on either side, right? But maybe get into a little bit of that state of non-duality so you can see it and really truly understand it, truly understanding for what it is. So I want to give you some really powerful value here. So when it comes to, to um, you create your own reality, right? Your law of attraction, manifestation, and being a victim, right? That could be like, well, how could a ch- little tiny child or how could a woman or how could an old person all have invited this violence? Well, we have already established that there's a certain level of degree of um, programming that we come into this earth with from jump, right? Like I said already, many books tell us that we already come in messed up. <laughs> the Bible says you're sinners before you could even take your first breath, right? And that just simply means that we all came here with some type of programming to overcome. It doesn't have to be a sin, religious. It could just be that we're here to overcome something that's our mission, right? And so there's that part which feels like destiny and it feels like it's out of our control. Um, And then there's a part of free will and then there's a part of like victims. So which one is it? Are we in free will? Do we have choice? Are we creating a reality? And, and so if bad things happen to us, are we creating that bad stuff? And at the end of the day, are they really truly victims or not? Because the, the news is always telling us and showing us victims. And then in some spiritual and metaphysical circles you hear, there is no victims. And that argument remains and continues. So let's settle a couple things within you. Um, and so I'm going to use the same example that this guy uses on the book. And I want to give you the name of the book so in case you want to read it for yourself. What is it called? Okay, the book is called Seth Material Question and Answer The Spiritual Inner Journey of Self-Awareness. And I could come up with different examples, but his example was perfect. And I don't need to elaborate on something that is already going to get the point across. Okay. So with the question of whether a victim creates their own reality or not, we're asking who would ask to be beaten or murdered, right? How could that be true? Um, 
personally, when I went to Greece with my mom, my mom was the one person who was very paranoid about theft and about bad things happening and about losing her stuff. We get on the train and on the very first day that we arrive, someone stole her wallet. And so you could say that that is coincidence, but I want you to see beyond that. She was the only person in the group of, the, uh, of us, so I think it was five of us, the only person who was consistently consumed with thoughts of protecting her things from somebody stealing their stuff, their money. I think even her car keys were gone. And so you see that she, she was a victim to theft. But you can also see that it was her fear of it that attracted and drew those circumstances to each other. But also, if she really, is she a victim or is she really not a victim? If she did that, even though it was unconscious, but she did it through the power of manifestation, right? Well, here's an example. Let's say that you're standing somewhere and you drop some money next to you. It's right next to you. And a stranger walks by, picks up the money and says, hey, did you, did you drop this? Is this yours? And you look and you're like, holy crap, yeah. And they bend down, pick up the money, hand it to you. You say thank you. And they say, oh man, you're welcome. They walk away. This situation, you see that there's an interaction between two people. And you see that something happened and there was a positive outcome. The reason this is happening in this way is because this person has a belief that people are good, kind, helpful, that no one's trying to cheat them, no one's trying to take from them, that life is in, in, in their favor. You know, this person has a positive outlook about that situation um, that has outpictured there. So because of these beliefs, it's sending its telepathic communication. You can come in. Um, because of the belief, it's sending this communication constantly that is at play between the subconscious and the conscious, right? So let's look at the scenario again. So let's say that you're standing right there and you drop some money and a stranger walks by, notices the money, it grabs it and walks away. Now for this to occur in this way, in this potentiality, that means there's a whole new set of beliefs that will accompany and support that physical manifestation, right? That means that that person thinks, could possibly think that people are untrusting, that money goes easily, you know? Because let's say that you have uh, $20 and then you lose it and then you're like, where's that $20? And you start getting all this, the fears around like, oh my God, money never stays. Money just always evading me and it's so elusive. That person could have negative feelings about the people around them, negative feelings about strangers or negative feelings about just humans as a whole. Saying, you know what? People are just awful. People are always showing me how they're willing to take from me, steal from me, do things to me. But here's where free will comes in. And this is all explained in that book. Like I said, if you really want to go further into it, just go ahead and read it. It's really cool. I'm, I, was, I was actually thinking of doing a book club. So right here, I feel like there's a little bit of a book club thing going on. Needless to say, 
the free will. How does that play in? Well, because nothing is actually destiny. Nothing is written in stone. Nothing is solid. Everything is constantly moving and vibrating and responding to each and every moment. Um, just because you telepathically attract someone that is um, maybe not an honest person, maybe someone who is looking to steal, maybe someone who is not helpful, not kind, um, just because you're sending that vibration out, right, in a form of a pattern, in a form of telepathic communication, guess what it does? It does not make the person, the perpetrator, actually have to do the negative thing. That doesn't obligate the perpetrator, the potential perpetrator, to do the thing. If you remember the movie, The Minority Report, if you haven't seen that movie, it's a classic with Tom Cruise. You might want to look it up because this, this explains this entire concept right here. It explains that, okay, let me just tell you the premise for the movie. In the movie, in the Minority Report, you have this um, machine that is a psychic machine and it's powered by three oracles. These oracles can predict the exact moment and location of when, or something like that, of when a murder is about to occur. So they created a police division called the anti-crime or pre-murder, something like that. And so what it does, it arrests the person before the murder's committed, but because of destiny, because you were already going to do it, um, they arrest you and they put you in jail forever. So that's kind of like where it goes. But what happens is that this movie um, it points to the direction of free will. Even though these psychics can see a potential murder, does it make it so? Does it make it that you will commit this murder? Because in reality, even at that moment, you are at choice, right? So in the movie, Tom Cruise is about to hunt this killer down and he's going to shoot him. And then he, re he recalls, he has a choice. He puts the gun down or whatever, I don't know. Um, but he has a choice and he goes, you know what? I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to do it. And then the dude somehow gets the gun and shoots himself, right? So this whole movie is based on what happens as a result of that and him trying to prove his innocence. But what's important too is that the exact moment where he should have quote unquote shot the guy and killed him did not happen because he had the opportunity of free will. At that moment, he still, no matter how angry or crazy, how much, whatever he was feeling, he still had the ability to say, no, I'm not going to shoot you which is what happened, but then, you know, it's a movie. It's exciting. That is literally the concept of free will that's playing here. Nothing is written in stone. We still have that power to the very end, right? Because it's all happening in the now. So to the very end of our lives, the power will always reside in the now. And so when you are in a vulnerable mental space, meaning your subconscious mind has a belief that you're a victim. And so you're open to that. Unconsciously, you're open to that experience. Even though that's where you're at, a person does not have to victimize you. They are at choice to not victimize you. 
And most importantly, they're at conscious choice, right? When someone is set out to steal your money, to take your money or take advantage of you, they're consciously setting that plan into motion. When you're being attacked or robbed or accused or, you know, you're in the middle of a situation when you feel like you're being victimized, you attracted that unconsciously, okay? So when it comes to is there victims, is there no victims, yes to both. Yes, there are victims in this physical reality. There are victims, right? In the metaphysics, there are no victims. It's all the power of attraction. It is all manifestation. Here's one more way that I want you to look at it. And this example also comes from the book. I want you to think about a table. I want you to think how solid it is. You can put coffee on top of it. You can put your elbows on it. You can rest on it. You can put heavy things on top of it. This table, we can say it's solid, right? Would you agree? This table is solid. But if you look at it from the perspective of quantum physics, you know that everything is moving because everything is vibration. Everything is frequency. So ultimately, it is not solid. It's moving constantly. It is not a solid table. It is frequency. It is vibrating at different speeds and different levels. Does it give the illusion that it's solid? Yeah, but it is solid in physical reality. Because in physical reality, you can put your coffee cup there. So yes, it is solid. But when we, we lean into the metaphysical um, perspective, it is not solid. Well, nothing is solid, right? So you can see how it's both true. It is solid and it is not solid, right? And so the victim is unconsciously available for an experience of unsafety. They're unconscious about it. The, uh, the perpetrator is consciously available for the experience of enforcing their will on someone else, right? So you can see that in the non-physical, in the quantum perspective, there is no table, there is no victims, right? But in the physical reality, there is a table and there is that what I started to tell you was called the victim, wait, where the, dog, the event equation, right? It's almost like saying one plus two equals three. The events that have to match to get a certain result. A person who has the intention to harm you could walk by you and not harm you, even if they intended to. They're always at choice. And so hopefully this will give you um, an ability to stop looking at the contradictions and move into a space of understanding. Because if you really truly want to master your life, it's going to require that you understand the quantum, the spiritual, the energetics, and the physical. If, if, if that wasn't the requirement, you wouldn't be a physical person with a spirit, with a soul that's basically energy. You are two things, right? You're physical and you are energy. So if you are already two things, mastering one over the other is not going to serve you completely. What's going to serve you completely is to master both things. And the thing is that no matter what 
what it is that you want to master in the physical, it always comes from the invisible. It always comes from the spiritual. It always proceeds. The energy is always leading and is leading you somewhere, but you're always at choice. How many times do you get a feeling to do something and you, you feel led in a direction and then you just simply don't do it? Okay. I think we have a, a, a clear understanding of why the idea of, of no victims and victims and being um, having conscious choice versus having unconscious, you know, a situation where you're attracting. The thing is, the thing, the most important part to remember is that there's a certain agreement that is happening in the psychic realm at the telepathical level beyond the quantum, right? In this invisible realm that's really uh, receiving and perceiving energy back and forth, back and forth. There's a telepathic agreement um, to be hurt, but it does not obligate, compel, or make anyone act on that, right? So oftentimes there's opportunities for us to um, take advantage of other people and when we don't, right? Because we're a choice. Okay, that's all I have for you today. I'll see you on the next podcast. Bye.